Hello listeners, this is Peyton, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Queer Movie Night. Unfortunately, we've taken a bit of an unexpected hiatus due to our producer Nikki being in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and we're so happy she's gotten to share her show with the people in Edinburgh. And I'd like to introduce this special bonus episode. It's the second crossover episode we've had with the podcast, Broadcast Revisited, featuring our two-time guest, uh, and dear friend Kate Royal and Carl Del Bono. In this episode, Deb joins Kate and Janie B to discuss the new Amazon series, A League of Their Own. Please enjoy and look forward to new episodes of Queer Movie Night every other Wednesday on Arcade Audio. Thanks for listening. Ladies, ladies, it is now time to set off for our final game. Wait, wait, wait. So, the, the song... The song, Jess. Jess, can we sing? Okay, okay, okay. Batter up, hear that call. The time has come for one and all to play ball. All right, let's play ball. We are the well, we are gathered here today. Welcome to the crossover event of the year. <laughs> uh, broadcast revisited queer movie night and friends. Ooh. Uh, here to address the gay emergency in our. <laughs> uh, that is Amazon Prime's A League of Their Own. And honestly, I can't believe it took us this long. It's been out for over two weeks. I know. We weren't on the horn within 48 hours. <laughs> we exactly. We're not, we didn't really meet this emergency <laughs> in that way. I feel like, Kate, you were kind of preparing me like all summer, just getting like more and more hype as the summer went on. Listen, the second that I still wasn't prepared. dropped, yeah. and I was stoked like when this was announced. But like the moment the teaser dropped and there wasn't even dialogue in it. It was just like images. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm cooked. Like, <laughs> like the second they even just showed the little like glance between Greta and Carson, which the is the hand funny. grab at the bar. Like, Didn't they show <laughs> that? Like the trailer before that, Deb. Oh. Where it was like there was no plot information at all but there was like a glance between the two of them and i was like oh fuck they're gonna completely ruin my life uh and that has come to pass um but before we get ahead of ourselves let mm-hmm. let's say hello to everybody here yes you know me i'm kate royal co-host of broadcast revisited a podcast about mini series which this is not, hopefully, <laughs> fucking hopefully. No, yeah, exactly. Knock not on wood. Series, but uh, television. So mm-hmm. whatever, it's my podcast. So I can do what I want. Yeah. Uh, so that's me. I'm usually here with Carl Del Buono. Uh, he is not here. This is a, this is a lesbians only. <laughs> this is going to say. I don't know if he's watching. He's, he's very busy right now directing. 
Uh, he's directing a production of Richard II in, in Rochester. Rochester. Um, that's part of why, if you are here, if you are here as one of the like 15 broadcast revisited listeners, uh, we're on like a kind of indefinite hiatus right now, just because Carl and I have been so busy because mostly because Carl is just like tearing it up as a director in Rochester. So we're very, very proud of him and happy for him, but uh, but we'll be back soon enough. We've got some things Mm -hmm. rumbling, but. But in the meantime, here we are doing this this bonus episode, and I'm joined again by Deb. <laughs> Woo! Um, <laughs> I'm Deb Duncan, co-host of Queer Movie Night that I host with Peyton. It's Lynch not a movie either. Peyton, yeah, it's not a movie. Actually, we're right in between both of our podcasts. Yeah. Um, but we have done. This is our second bonus episode that we did together because we did a whopping two-hour episode about haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, babe, this um, is longer. This <laughs> this is going to be longer. I'm, I'm worried it is going to be longer. I'm I'm this. happy that I I, I just I know <laughs> this. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm very excited. So did this, yeah. And also, we actually have also been on a hiatus, but. I we have not told our listeners that it just happened naturally that way. But our producer Nikki Hartung has been um, at she's been in Edinburgh doing her show at um, sick French. Yeah, so this will be good. This is also kind of sort of a placeholder until we get uh, more episodes out. But yeah, yeah. Sorry to Peyton, but Kate said it lesbians only. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) of course, rounding out. This esteemed panel of yes. the internet's favorite lesbians. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Janie B. Yeah. Hi. Um, I am never done a podcast before. I oh. listen to so many podcasts. I am always online. <laughs> like, <laughs> I am always on Twitter. Yeah. I follow so much, you know, media, but yeah, first time on a podcast. So thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, you're crushing it so far. I, I thought you had your own podcast. No, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> shitting you. I don't think the world is ready for me to have my own podcast. It I be, think that I think this there's is two being people hurt. in this Zoom room right now that are ready for you to have your own podcast. I yeah, great energy going on here. I think this is exciting. There's three people who have the same opinions about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's like, obviously, Kate, you know, we love Carl and Peyton, but it's different. It's different when it's like, but if there's a, a, there's something that feels more special about this connection. This is for us. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for validating me. I'm here to validate you all the time. I know you always are. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Janie, Janie and I know each other through shout out to Hope Rehack. Yes. A uh, brilliant writer and comedian. And the Ray Hacks. Talented They're family. They are, they are the game. Chicago Queens. Hope yeah. and Hannah. Friend mm-hmm. of the pods. Friends of the pod. Yeah. Friend of their pod. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. As, as JD and I were discussing before we uh, got on here, there was some debate with Hope about who originated the joke that Jeannie and I are each other's feathers. <laughs> I mean, she had receipts, but I just, I don't know. I really stand by that it was her. I think that, yeah. you know, it was definitely her. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Either way, that's a pretty accurate description, I think. It is. It really is. We often have We're always time. watching the same thing yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And like all queer women in the last two weeks, the thing we've all watched at the same time <laughs> is, a, a, at this point, countless times, <laughs> mm-hmm. is the Amazon Prime series, A League of Their Own, co-created by Will Graham and Abby Jacobson, starring... Abby Jacobson, Shante Adams, Darcy Carden, Bemisola Icamello, and countless other faves. Mm-hmm. Kate Berlant. So many. Who doesn't love Kate Berlant? Roberta. Oh Roberta Calindra. Oh, yes. don't get me started. <laughs> Roberta Calindra. It's yes. too early to bring up Roberta, Janie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're like me and you've I been am. standing her since Fun Home, this is just uh, thank you. a lot to take in. But Standing her since Taco on Girls. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm ashamed to say the first thing I saw her in, I think, was Mrs. America or Vita, because I watched mm. them around the same time. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Roberta. Roberta, <laughs> Roberta, Roberta. Mama likey is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, God, where do we start? Well, let's know. start. So here's, uh, I actually like did put together a list of like things to talk about because I knew if we just like freeballed this, we were going <laughs> to go longer than we're going to go. Um, so I want to start by getting to know what is your relationship with the movie, A League of Their Own, from 1992. Hmm. 1992. Janie? Yeah, my, I honestly, I haven't seen it. I hadn't seen it that many times. Like, I love the cast. Obviously, Madonna, yes. Rosie, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Gina, absolutely. Yeah. But it, it was always a bit, like, too, I know there's very minimal sports in it, but, like, I just don't do sports movies. And so since it's, like, kind of sports adjacent, like, I didn't watch it that much, but I do have like very fond memories of watching it. I watched it actually this week just because uh, it's been a while, but yeah, yeah. it's a great movie. I mean, it's classic. Oh yeah. Opinion. Oh yeah. Um, I, it's one of my top tops, top five faves um, yes. and my wife's I'd actually never seen it until I met my wife, but I mean, that was still, I, we were still kids. We're like, 17, 18. Um, And she was like, you got to watch this movie. It's the best. Her family loves it. And I've, we've just been obsessed for uh, years and years and years. It's a go-to. We watch it at least once a year, sometimes twice. We're movie rewatchers, especially of ones that we're comforted by. And A League of Their Own is a massive comfort movie for us. Um, Love the cast. Love the story. Penny Marshall. (sighs) So good. The direction so good. And I'm going to point out that I have a sticker, Ooh. my water bottle of Madonna oh. and Rosie from the movie. Oh. They're my favorite characters. Love in it. It. <laughs> Who doesn't love Gina Davis, Tom Hanks, and Lori Petty, though? Lori Petty oh, deserved better. Lori, Lori Petty, Petty really deserved better. And deserved better. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I love the movie. I just think it's ultimate comfort. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. definitely, like held up really well i don't know i watched it this week and i was just like oh it's so wholesome 
I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, it's definitely like a movie I've always liked. I wouldn't say that I had like a strong relationship to it. I actually, I watched it on TV like within the last year because it was on and I was like, yeah, this is a really good movie. Uh, you know, definitely like as a child in the 90s, like saw it multiple times. I kind of wish I had like seen it more as a kid because I played baseball as a kid and I loved playing baseball as like a small mm. kid when like Little League, when you were young enough that Little League was boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played baseball, I think until I was like 10 or 11 whatever the age was where they said, okay, now we're splitting girls and boys and the girls have to go play softball. And I didn't want to play softball. I was like, why is the ball so much bigger? Like this is, I don't like that. You're now like putting me in like girl version of this. And I like, absolutely right. As a 10 year old Kate, that you would even have that (laughs) thought at that age. (laughs) I really did. I was like, I don't want to like, like, I don't, I don't want this, What you know, and like, obviously softball is like, and requires the same amount of athleticism as, as baseball. I don't mean to be like, to contribute to that idea that softball is like, you know, yeah, a watered yeah. down version of, of, yeah, we know what you mean, but like, but I just like, I didn't get why they had to split the genders up mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to play with the boys. And just yeah. like play baseball because I liked baseball. It's like I'm not gonna play fucking <laughs> softball. <laughs> uh, so I quit. Uh, and then, you know, in terms of sports, like I'm a tennis lesbian, so mm. that's more my sport journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm I'm a league of their own. Definitely an important film. Definitely an important film. And uh, yeah, Lori Petty. Yeah. yeah. Rosie. Yeah, she's so Rosie. Good. Rosie and Madonna are so like so funny in it. I don't know. I feel like people always say Madonna is like a shitty actor. No. No, she's so That's good wrong. in this movie. Well, <laughs> she's, she's, so she's a great actress in general, but I think she's a star in this. She's Agreed. so good in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her and Rosie's chemistry mm-hmm. is. Yeah, they're a blast. Mm hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. Also, it's Madonna is hot as hell in this movie. I'm going to oh, say it. Oh, my gosh. Her with this, <laughs> like, this dark the brown hair. brunette. Brown. Oh, the brunette hair, yeah. Madonna has a brunette. For it sure. slaps. For sure. <laughs> so, I want to latch on to what you were saying before, Deb, about, like, the movie really being, like, a comfort thing for you. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like how the show makes you feel, I know like that was the big reaction I had to it. Like within like two episodes of it, within the pilot, I was just like, I just feel warm and fuzzy. I feel held by this show (laughs) Uh, for so many reasons, which we're going to spend the next several hours getting into, but just like (laughs) beyond the representation in it, you know, just like, the way it's written, just the, you can feel the bond through the whole cast, just everything from the direction to the writing, to the performances, to just like the look of it. It's just like so warm. 
and it's mm-hmm. so lived in. Yeah. Uh, you just, you just feel like, oh, these are my friends and I'm just gonna, I'm just hanging out with my friends. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> it really does feel that way though. It, it does. Really does. Really Everything does. you just said, you're even down to the look of it. I love yeah. the way it's filmed. I love the way, I love the way it looks. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the thing that's very clear that I love, um, and it's very clear, like early in the pilot is that everybody who is involved with this series obviously loves the movie. Yeah. And obviously has respect for the original movie um, and wants to honor it. Yeah. And that just reads that, 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 that reads that Abby is a genuine fan and, and just wanted to like, I don't know. I'm going to watch this a million times for the rest of my life. Same. (laughs) I don't know how I'm ever going to stop. It's, it's that immediate comfort thing. It's that immediate. It feels like you could be a part of this group. Yeah. Like you, it, it, it's, I don't even know how to eloquently put it because I feel so many things about it. Ibs already crying. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You see my lips start to quiver. (laughs) What about you, Janie? What it, when like initially watching the pilot, what I, yeah, it was just like immediately, like you, I just had this kind of visceral and emotional connection to it. I feel like, and I am one of those, I've literally, I, I couldn't even tell you. It's not like a matter of like, I don't want to say how many times I've re- rewatched it at this point. It's like, I could not tell you because <laughs> I'm just constantly rewatching like random episodes. And every time I watch it, like I find another line that I missed before. I find something that's funny happening in the background. And I'm just like, honestly, obsessed. Taking over all of the brain space at this point. It's just so good. And I actually really liked uh, when I watched the um, the movie this week, there's so many shots, I guess, that are kind of mirrored in the series. And I was like, I didn't even think about those kind of parallels. Yeah. It's definitely like a really beautiful homage to the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the callbacks to the movie, I think, are earned. Yeah. I don't think they're, they could be really corny. Mm-hmm. like if they could have been um but where they decided to like put the callbacks and how they decided to do it like even to have the balls to repeat the line there's no crying in baseball mm-hmm. in the series is risky in itself it's one of the most famous movie quotes of all time mm-hmm. and they they still found a way to to do it in a way that felt fresh but also um nostalgic yeah which i think is the whole show yeah. The whole show it feels it feels so nostalgic, but but with a modern twist with with the with the oh <laughs> I can't yeah I really so think good. it's something incredible. It's really, it really I is. just think it's it's a yeah. this is a really hard thing to do. It's hard to make make queer media and uh, this good already as it is, and and then on top of it, it's based on a beloved movie that people have strong feelings about, but it's just so successful. And that, that had to be so difficult to do. It's there's so many needles that it threads. Like it's, it's the weight of the original, uh, but it then has the added 
tightrope walk of, I don't want to say correcting because I don't, I think that's the wrong kind of language to use about it because I don't think the creators feel that way about it. It's just like, we are picking up the baton of this movie mm-hmm. and we are opening the world that was clearly there. Like we're taking yeah. the warmth and the mm-hmm. inclusivity that is embedded mm-hmm. in Penny Marshall's film. And yeah. we're actually making that text. Like we're making good on that. And the result of that is a movie that, or is a series in 2022 that can do things that Penny Marshall could not in 1992 making mm-hmm. a Hollywood film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that the result is actually, this is more historically accurate and is more mm-hmm. historically rich yeah. because we are revealing these stories uh, that have not been told. It's, it, I, I really feel like it's hard to like overstate how, yeah. how much the show is doing and how insane it is that it succeeds at it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, queer people and, and Max's story and finding yes. like not, because even if, even if you expand that scene from the 92 movie where the black woman pitches and it's just sort of this wink and a nod, you, you still run the risk of Max even if you bring that character out, if you anchor the story too much in Carson and the peaches, then she still becomes a footnote. Mm-hmm. And the show immediately figures out how not to do that. And it's yes. like, no, 50% of the show is about this woman. Yeah. I think that you really nailed it when regards to like the Max storyline, because like, when, so when I watch that, when I watch League of Their Own, the movie, it's just kind of a, Okay. I think that it's like important to like think, I guess, that this movie was made in like the 90s and it's about, you know, I love Penny Marshall, but it feels like there is such a glaring omission of the kind of like race relations and like that storyline. And it really stands out, I guess, for me, like watching that movie like in these days. So yeah, it's just interesting how the show was able to really nail that like immediately. Like you're able to see like both sides of kind of the the tracks there, but yeah. I just love how it's perfect. And like, but like what you're saying, you know, there's that moment, but there's not even really an acknowledgement that yeah. that kind of racism exists in the world of that movie, mm-hmm. which is a problem. It's just sort yeah. of just like, oh well, there she is. <laughs> yes, back to our happy. Yeah. And then I just love in the pilot, like you see Max like coming to that tryout and like immediately kicked out. And I was just like, okay, wow, we're going to talk about it. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then we go into her world and Mm -hmm. that world is so rich. Yeah. 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 I know there's a million things that we're going to be talking about and this will probably come up later, but I really think the heart of the show and the, the relationship that's at the heart of the whole show is Max and Clance's friendship. Yes. 100%. Yes. 100%. I, okay. Clance is maybe my favorite character. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say she's mine. I, yes. uh, I love her. But I, 
I love, I love how much emphasis is, is on their, their friendship and how important they are together. Yes. Um, I could, I don't, (laughs) we're going to get there. I've got a list. I've got my list. (laughs) I need a list. There's going to be no stone unturned. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, So I was thinking about like, I kind of want to, there's so many different pairings in this show. And I think we'll, we'll, talk about all of them and there's a lot of different you know mixing and matching of characters but I kind of I kind of want to approach talking about it sort of through these different pairings mm-hmm. uh so I want to start with Carson and Max hmm. and like kind of talking about their journeys which start you know like we start at the tryouts then they split and they stay split but mm-hmm. we then get those touch points of them bumping into each other's lives and becoming more part of each other's lives. And just sort of, I think that dynamic between the two of them is so carefully and honestly written. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to talk about kind of them as a unit, but I also want to talk about their individual journeys yeah. as this sort of like I've never seen a show that so successfully has two protagonists. Yes, yeah, really yeah. on their own journeys, really so successfully. Like, yeah, talk about their individual journeys and and how the show doesn't force connection between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way they easily could, but that I think would undermine a lot of the things that they're trying to say with the max plotline in particular. Mm, yeah. Um so let's let's start with our girl Carson, creator Abby Jacobson, because she's kind of our at the beginning, she's our way into the show and sort of our our narrator for how the show starts. So talk to me about Carson. I love, I mean in the age of like prestige drama, like I love that we just got a fucking plucky, lovable <laughs> heroine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a bit of a mess. And I love that. It feels Such realistic. Mess. You know? Yeah, it does. Somebody this messy who doesn't have their shit together and is this <laughs> um just like confused about everything a part of their life. It's very relatable no matter what time period it's in. Mm-hmm. Of truly just like have having no guidance for your own life or knowing what you want. Yeah. I think she's so relatable for that reason. Um, And then on top of it, you just have Abby Jacobson is just one of the most charming people. Yeah. It's, it's hard to not be charmed by Abby. Yeah. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. That's purely an opinion, but. (laughs) Janie, what do you think of Carson? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's just like, I feel I don't see often see myself like represented as like kind of just a hot gay mess on TV. (laughs) Like she just literally does not have anything together. She does not have her stuff together. I love like rewatching the episodes. I will randomly find her or see her in the back of scenes and she's just like flustered and kind of losing her grip. (laughs) It's just so relatable. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I love Abby, obviously. Like, I've loved Abby since so many things. But 
she's so charming agreed and I think that character is just so relatable like just kind of figuring things out and uh, I can't say enough about that character I love it Mm -hmm. highly relate yeah I think there's something relatable about Carson from any angle yeah there's like there's multiple things that anybody could relate to Carson on The thing for me with Carson, so this is like for me with Carson and Max. So like Carson's journey of figuring out her sexuality is so profoundly similar to my own that that was like really intense for me. And Max's journey of figuring out her gender expression mm-hmm. was so, so similar to my own uh, that that also like it, it's like. Carson ends and then Max picks up and like it's so like that I mean we'll get to episode six because I want to talk all about that episode but like that conversation between the two of them about butchness and mm-hmm. femness and which I've that, never seen talked about I, I that Me was the one where I was yeah. watching like how is the show real I have yeah. never seen I've never seen a conversation about this. I've never seen, I've never seen this many butch characters on television, period. Uh, let alone like actually engaging with yeah. what it means for Max to, you know, be finding the line of butchness that she wants to yes. occupy. It's inc- it was incredible to watch. Yeah. Uh, and Shantae Adams. I everybody gives mm. perf- unbelievable performances in this show. She's a star. To me, like Shantae Adams just, is yeah. a fucking star. She is yeah. a star. If this girl does not win an Emmy for this show next year, seriously, yeah. psychotic. Oh. Uh, so charming as well. Like yes. I think that's the oh power God. of of her and Carson, her and her and Abby. Like they both have this charm where you yeah. just cannot look away from them when they're on screen and mm-hmm. on top of like Shantae being so charming and a great actress, she's literally gorgeous. Absolutely. Like yeah. stunning. Like, yeah. And when, when she, okay, sorry to, to jump, but when she cuts <laughs> her hair and finds her style. Uh, yes, I know. <laughs> my wife's ultimate crush. She has a <laughs> big thing for like post figuring out her shit max toward the end of, toward the end of the season. Yeah. But no, like like with Carson, so like when I, like when I was like coming out, you know, or like on my like long road, her whole crisis over the marriage is like so similar to like my high school boyfriend and I, we have been friends since we were nine years old. You know, we were so similar, like truly he was like my best friend, like in going into high school. And we like started dating our junior year. And I really like, I had all this love for him. Like I, of course I did. He was like one of my best, best friends. Uh, But I did, I did get to a point where I just was like, I know that I don't feel about him the way he feels about me and the way I know I should feel back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and you get to that point. So like where Carson is at the beginning of the show in the pilot, She's not at the point, she's at that like really intense moment that I occupied like for most of college 
Whereas like, I haven't figured out that I'm into women yet, but I have figured out that I'm, I, I'm not feeling the way I should about this. Mm-hmm. So you just are sitting in this place of like, maybe I'm not capable of love, <laughs> you know, maybe like there's something like, as she like says in the letter, like there is something wrong with me and this is a dead end. This marriage is a dead end. And not, and I don't think she puts all of that on herself because like, you know, part of the issue for her is like, she, I, she's so anesthetized in that marriage, but it's just like, I know whatever it is you're looking for from me, I can't give it to you. And I, I, I love you, but I don't think I'm ever going to get to that place with you. So what are we even doing? And then in comes this. I, it's on in the background. Sorry to say I was glimpsing a little bit and <laughs> yes. I was like, focus. Yeah, I was like, really focus, focus, focus. Scene. But I know the scene when she yeah. picks out the garnet. Oh, oh my God. God. <gasps> I <hate> that. <laughs> my eyes are rolling back into my head. And is just like trying to hammer the fast forward 30 seconds. Greta <laughs> <laughs> and Carson, we are saving that for the end for the exact purpose that like if we start talking about them now. I I was thinking, I can't believe no one has said the name Greta yet. We're (laughs) all such restraint. It's incredible for us. I'm afraid to, to be honest. But it is like, but then like, (laughs) enter Greta and it's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be feeling, you know? Yeah. Uh, And it didn't like that. didn't happen exactly like that for me there was a five foot eleven lesbian who came into my life and rocked my world ruined my life two years later but it's always those things we've all all had a similar similar thing and like uh on a less intense i had a yeah similar yeah similar (laughs) but that's the thing i think it's it's a pretty universal story too for a lot of queer women yeah who have figured it out and unfortunately like there was a dude that got caught in the crosshairs and yeah. mm-hmm. somebody had to be the, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's it. I feel, I, I mean, I do feel bad for Charlie. They, they obviously have a, a really like special bond. It's obvious they're best friends and they have that chemistry of like yeah. best friends. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like the same reason that you feel bad for what's his nuts and imagine me and you. Like, oh he yeah. Any, yeah. He didn't do anything wrong. Heck, he didn't do anything wrong. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with him. Right. It's just not right. Right. Yeah. And the th- and because there's nothing wrong with him, she thinks there's something it's wrong with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Oof. So that's just what like a line. that's <laughs> that's like they just capture that so well. And like th- there is other representation that I think covers that, but I think there's so many things that flesh that out more that this show gives her community, that it gives her a sense of her identity outside of just the feelings she's building for Greta. Yeah. You know, she, I she love that. Yeah. Her people. Uh, she also and, kind of finds her voice like as the team yes. coach, which is really, I love that. Yes. As well. Her character development is, cr- is, night and day between episode one and episode eight she really changes as a person she becomes so much stronger she's so Mm -hmm. awkward and 
not confident in the beginning and the way that we see her evolve into like a strong leader mm-hmm. and someone who like knows what she wants mm, and doesn't second guess herself. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. That's another way of saying what you just said, I guess. <laughs> no, but exactly. But yeah, owning exactly. that leadership and yeah. like, and, and Max too. So I'd love to, yes. Yeah. Talk about Max. Cause like the thing that I love about the two of them as these sort of foils of, of, queerness at least is I mean they're foils period but like Max already knows who she is when it comes to that you know she's obviously mm-hmm. still has to hide it and and all this but like you know she's been fucking the preacher's wife for like <laughs> many years okay you know what doing. we all have to know <laughs> right. we not Janie but Kate's gotta know that was a particular layer a particular detail <laughs> that I was into yeah. I know it wasn't like a long-standing thing but uh I'm a preacher's <laughs> daughter so that's okay. why any time okay. like anything <laughs> gay happens secretly with anyone involved in a church I'm like <laughs> yes <laughs> I love it yeah. that was but I I picked up I don't did you did y'all pick up on that when when she first came into the shop and they were the giving each other eyes yes. and I was like I hope yeah. fucking <laughs> and then it's revealed later on and also the reveal that not it's just it's not just Carson who's queer. The yeah. other protagonist, both of them, <laughs> are queer. Yeah, because it's like you don't you don't know because it's really not clear with Max. Because yeah, also, just like Charlie, she has Gary, who yeah is like a nice guy too, and you feel kind of bad for him. Um, also, I feel like they throw kind of like red herring in there with having Max see her at Carson and Greta kissing. And mm-hmm. you see her like getting caught, like you think like, oh, maybe Max is going to be like weirded out by this or like yeah. somehow. So like I was completely blown away when we got that reveal that Max was also yeah. with a lady. Like our jaws were on the floor. What, so what was that yeah. journey for you like, Janie, watching that whole story unfold? I mean, it's just I just love that Max and Carson are like completely different kind of stages of lesbianism. And yet they're still still able to like come together and like relate to each other and get like, I don't know. I love that Carson kind of bounces things off of Max. Max kind of bounces off like, what's it like being with a man, you know, with Carson. I just love that. Yeah. Extra layer to their friendship, I guess, or their relationship. But Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was kind of blown away when the Max reveal happened. I'm not going to lie. They fucking went there. Yeah. They said they're both gay. Yeah, it was gay. Yeah, and then like Carol too, Rindy gay or what is it? (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you say that, Kate? Or was it Anna? Carol too, Rindy gay now. (laughs) Oh God, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's it's interesting to me because as I talk to people, like I am someone who's so horrible about spoilers. Like I like it doesn't mm-hmm. occur to me that other people don't want to hear spoilers. Like I will tell you the complete plot of something, and as I am like, oh, you should watch it. This is what happens at the end. You know, like that's <laughs> how bad it is sometimes. Uh, and people are like, okay, what the fuck? But <laughs> you've never done that to me. Is that something you do? I've never experienced yeah. that with you. Yeah, I'm surprised I've never been spoiled by you, Kate. Yeah, I've never been spoiled that by you either. That is actually shocking. 
I feel like maybe have- Ashley kind of absorbs the brunt of that. I feel like Ashley <laughs> maybe absorbs the like, I just watched this thing, so I'm gonna tell you the entire plot of it from start to finish. Uh so I can I can just like channel that at her. But um it's funny to me because like in talking to people about the show as they're like watching it, you know, like I don't feel any compunction being like, dude, like Greta and Carson are going to blow your fucking line. Cause that happens in the pilot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The one storyline that, that I, I will not spoil for anybody. And I like found myself being like, and cause, and this was with Ashley who I will spoil anything for whether she likes it or not. <laughs> like would, cause she watched it a little bit slower than I did. And, like, I knew she was about to get to the episode where we meet Bert. Uh, yeah, and I was I like, that's I don't want to tell you about this. Like, I, yeah. it, of any plot line in this show, that one is, like, so precious and is uh, such yeah. a special experience when it arrives that mm-hmm. it's just, like, I really, really want you to just have the experience of, like, having that story revealed to you in in the way that like it should like that to me is like no i you deserve to experience this the way the writers and the actors want yeah. to yeah uh, that's it's such an incredible incredible storyline oh it's so like, good it's and i mean it also feels like something that we haven't really seen that we don't see much of i don't I know say that i don't think it i've just, ever seen anything like yeah, that yeah no it was it just feels like so fresh and authentic i don't really understand how they make everything feel so like i guess it's maybe this the care that was taken with like i don't know finding out these stories and like verifying but it just feels also like so authentic and i don't know yeah it's true i mean like that's the thing like it's it's it feels so universal and relatable and contemporary in all these ways because it's it's built on true personal stories of that mm-hmm. time, you know, like these people existed, trans people existed to have a mm-hmm. show set in 1943 where you have a queer black woman who is ultimately lands masculine of center in her gender expression that she has this mentor Mm -hmm. in her life that is this, like to give her community and to give her family, like literal family, and to have an elder in her life that can guide her through this. uh, I've I've never, that, that did not exist anywhere. Mm-mm. on television before it's this show so yeah. beautiful to watch yeah. yeah and it's and it's it feels real at first too when um when max gets like freaked out and runs mm-hmm. it's disappointing but then you think it's honest well, you maybe do the same thing though yeah yeah at this time and you're you're confused and it, it just there's like so many like max has so many revelations that i feel like yeah. she didn't even really know much about birdie yeah and then to have all of that all at once. Yeah. Um, it feels realistic. Yeah. The fear that she initially has, but their, their development and where their relationship goes 
and the connection that they build. Yeah. It, I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. And how that also is imperfect. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Definitely. And again, I don't want to preempt conversations about six because I like, I want to kind of just take that episode on its own, but like the fact that it's not that none of the, you know, that like the dynamic in Max's life that is like perfect, but not without its ups and downs is with clans. But like, even with someone like Bert, who could easily be this sort of one dimensional mentor figure, you know, he also stands in opposition of Max's mother, you know, and yeah. mm-hmm. how both of these people come to represent a, these different sources of pressure on Max mm-hmm. that she has mm-hmm. to rise above uh, while still making sure the love is clear between all of these people. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, I love that you said that. Cause I like, that's such a, I love that they kind of touched on the dynamics of Bert and Max's mother. Oh, that's bit. gorgeous. Uh, mm-hmm. I know it just ripped me apart. I just, yeah. it's just like, it would be so easy to like, not really go there, but it's just like another added layer of, like these relationships that like, you know, they really went all in on, but yeah. I like too, that they, they give a glimpse into what actually happened when they actually, when they have their scene together. Yeah. Where they finally like acknowledge each other and talk to each other. Right. Cause you do assume like, Oh, it's just because Max's mom is like not cool with everything, which sure still, but it's, it's deeper than that. It's interesting. I want to, I want to hear more. Like more about what about their story and how they ended up where they yeah up. that's you know I I want to like round out this convert like when we get to the end of this conversation talking about what we want from season two but I think Will Graham has already kind of talked about that in terms of where they would like to go in season two is like really getting into some of these family dynamics that we hear about mm-hmm. or that we like start seeing some threads of in those last couple episodes. But yeah, that scene between Bert and Tony, uh, where Bert has that line, you know, for some of us, safe isn't safe. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I know. Oh that like gosh. I like mm. that blew me backwards. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, incredible. Yeah. So, mm. no, Max's whole Max's whole journey is is extremely special. But the the only other thing I wanted to talk about with Carson and Max is I really respect that they don't make Carson like suddenly this perfect ally Mm, mm, mm -hmm. that like, and the scene that really like kicked that off for me and made me realize like, oh, this is, this is, this show is doing so much more than any other show would do with this. (laughs) is that scene in in the store, I think it's in episode two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where mm-hmm. Max Definitely. goes in with Clance and they are shunned out of the store, basically. And then Max comes back in and Carson and Shirley are there. And, you know, for me watching that, I'm like, oh, are we going to see Carson, like, use her privilege for good and, like, mm-hmm. get Max the things she needs in this sort of like, you know, low grade white savior moment, but it doesn't do that. Max is like, I know this person and I know she owes me. Yeah. 
And so uh, like, I, she just says like, oh, I was here first. Mm -hmm. And Carson is like, yeah, no, she was, you know, it's not this like, Hey, help her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it would have been in any other movie series. Yeah. You can tell there could there could really easily be this urge to make the two of them unrealistically close. Yes. In service of like these this the narrative is split between these two. So we need to create this friendship between them to kind of justify these separate plot lines. Mm-hmm. And they really don't give into that, you know. They they do start building this friendship, but even by the end of the season, like there's still some chilliness between them. There's still like Max does not trust Carson by the end of the season. Yes. And I think that's super, super important. And I think Carson learns a lot about herself, not necessarily in terms of like how she fits into Max's world and and what it means for her to enter spaces in Max's world. But like, you know, she has her own independent journey of like, okay, I guess I just like maybe shouldn't center myself so yeah. much. Uh, yeah. And Max like doesn't give her an inch with that, nor yeah. should she. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's really important to, to like really, again, letting us really know how secure Max is and, and how incredible a character she is. And just like, it's a subtle non-ham-fisted way of like letting us in on race relations of that time. That is not some like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the version, you know, that's not the movie. That's not like yeah. the black woman throwing the ball and Gina Davis like, we'll yeah. get you next time. Yeah. This is Max sitting down with Carson and Carson being like, Hey, you're cool. And Max is like, you didn't fucking say anything when they kicked me out of those tryouts. Like, yeah. Yep. I like you, but like, let's not twist yeah. what this is. Like, I'm yes. still not your buddy, buddy. I love when Max calls out Carson for like coming to her place of work. Like, you mm-hmm. can't just come in here while I'm working. Like, it's just kind of like, we're not close like that. Like there is that still like kind of barrier between them. I love that they address that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, Max and Clance. Queens. Perfect. Perfect. No notes. (laughs) We stand no notes. Seriously, no notes. (laughs) I love Clance. I would do anything for Clance. I would lay down. Really holding down the fort of (laughs) strong straight representation yes yeah if there's gonna be one like straight relationship it couldn't be a more perfect couple for us to like be on board with for the show Mm -hmm. um and uh, clance is just she's funny i think i like she's so funny but also i think some of the most emotional moments that like personally i've i've had watching the show have it have involved her yeah. Um ah, I love her so much. And I think her acting is amazing. Oh gosh. She's just like she, everyone's yeah. a star. Everyone in this yeah, show is a star. Even people who like oh my God. 
I, can't I really get- thought it was going to be a show with just like one featuring just kind of one or two characters and everyone else would be like kind of background characters. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it's such a strong like ensemble piece that I wasn't quite expecting. Like everyone is so solid. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I know them all. I know. Yeah. Well, just my friend. Also, <laughs> you know what I love about Clance too? I love that they didn't just make her like a housewife. I love yeah. that she is really into comics and mm-hmm. is an artist herself. And like, I just think there's so many layers to her character um, where she's both the comedic and the, like the comedic relief and like a lot provides a lot of like these hard hitting emotional scenes. Yeah. Like, like, I just think it's so good. And also I love her feud with the neighbor kids. Like one of my <laughs> yeah. favorite through lines of the whole show. She's, she's just very, I don't know. She has that thing that Shantae Adams has where you just, they're on sc- screen and you just can't look away. Yeah. You trust. I just trust them. Yeah. Literally the first, uh, I think the first scene of with, uh, the two of them in there when they're walking into the stadium and Max is going to try to pitch just their kind of back and forth. Their banter yeah. is so funny. And like, so immediately you're just like enthralled with the two of them yeah, as mm-hmm. a pair. Just that's so lived in right yeah. away. Like that's, that's the th- phrase I keep coming back to with the show is like instantly the world is lived in instantly. Mm-hmm. The relationships are clear. Mm-hmm. and and deeply felt uh and like that whole little like the whole their whole like i'm fine i'm fine yes that's all improvised like that was it's, that's just like, i wondered yeah they did, and they kept that's kept amazing going <laughs> um no you just like you just feel the love in the yeah. whole cast yes there's there it's it's obvious that there's a bond there between everybody yeah it it's it reads it's clear. Yeah. Let's also mm-hmm. talk about some other great little duo friendships. Yeah. In the show. We love my girl, Joe DeLuca. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. When Joe DeLuca shows up, I'm like, all right, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and I was like, I guess it's just cause like, I, I kind of look like, Joe and like that's like kind of my flavor of Butch. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene where Joe just walks through the background and just says, "I'm a Leo. People love my energy." Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm really just talking about said. that. You just said that at your birthday a couple weeks yeah, ago. Like, yeah, like on my birthday. Yes. On the eve of this. When show we were premiere, talking like, about that wonderful man i think joe is so relatable too and that's that every single person is relatable i know we're going to say that we've already said that word a thousand times and we'll continue to do so um but joe represents that that area of lesbianism and like that's just ah god just to see anything like like any morsel of butch representation Mm mm-hmm on a because I he, obviously we love who, who doesn't love the femme the femme but like we love Dar- we love Greta we love Carson yeah, we yeah, love yeah. it all but at the end of the day like this is a more Joe I feel like feels like a more realistic representation of like how I feel in this lesbian community 
and how like yeah. Kate feels. And I don't know how you feel about Jan- about it, Janie. But- yeah. No, and and to even <laughs> we got a trio with Joe's. <laughs> yeah. But and then so we were you were talking about it before, like in episode six, to hear somebody say to her, like, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Oh, no. And you just yeah. don't see that shit. You don't, you, you don't. don't. You don't. No. You don't. Like like healing. Like healing. Yeah, yeah really, literally. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like have a butch described as like you were by a femme who was obsessed with her to say like yes beautiful person i've ever seen mm-hmm. that, that that relationship does not get depicted mm-hmm. a loving like a like a butch character being treated lovingly yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, and with like yeah. with sex like, appeal too yeah like, with, like who is like hot and is recognized as as uh, and is found attractive for their butchness. Yeah. Uh, that's really not seen. And like, and you know, you, you also have like Jess and Lupe, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. with the two of them, it's more of the like, oh man, you know, like we're just <laughs> fucking legends out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Joe, you have this like really sweet moment that I, yeah. I think is important. And I really am like committed to Joe, like, getting a full fucking romance and oh me too like, you're fucking better yeah, I need, please i need a girlfriend need i hope oh, they all do too i hope jess and lupe get, get it yeah. too let's go let's go yeah. uh no but joe and greta's friendship is like really cool to me and really special and i feel like they're interesting as sort of this like wink to the madonna and rosie yeah friendship but I'm just like, I'm so fascinated by their, like, I want to, I do want to learn more about them and their adventures that they've gotten up to. And like, yeah. just the way that dynamic has sort of taken the shape that it has when we meet them, you know, of the kind of dangerous trial and error that must have happened throughout mm-hmm. their lives, you know, that like Greta understands she needs to perform this femininity as protection for herself, but also protection for Joe, you know, by Joe being this sort of openly masculine woman with this proximity to this ultra feminine straight passing woman, it sort of throws people off the scent with her, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of like, I think there's just like a lot of elements to their friendship that, that speak to, what they've been through that we that we don't know about but is again just completely lived in in those two performances mm-hmm. yeah bros for life <laughs> i i just, i just love how much um attention there is to um to the friendships on the show that they yeah. they seem to be as um taken care of as the romantic relationships yeah, if not on the true. same level. Okay. I mean, like you said, like Greta and Carson and, and Max and Clance to me are right here as far as love goes and connection yeah. goes. They are the love yeah. stories of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That it's yeah. I feel like that's sacrificed a lot. Yeah. Like real true friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, or that's straight, but I I just love it. And there's so many different forms of love in the show. Yeah. Yes. That's true. But they're all as valid as the other one. They're not like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's just funny how like every friendship has like a different dynamic. Like you have 
like Jess and Lupe, for instance, like they don't have, like they don't know each other prior to the show, but then like kind of come together as hermanos, as they say. Mm-hmm. And then you have like, I don't know, Greta and Joe, who have like known each other their whole lives and they're just as close. I don't know. It's really just interesting, like the fast friendships, I guess, that form. Mm-hmm. over the course of the series the first season but yeah and how they then kind of build a a broader community together yeah mm-hmm. you know like i love that shot in episode six where they've won and it, now it's like everybody's getting ready to go to the bar mm-hmm. and it's like in the foreground like gathered in the living room you have like was it five or six Greta Carson Lupe Jess and Joe five mm-hmm. like the five queer women of this team occupying this like foreground space and then in the background in the dining room you see all the other girls like having mm-hmm. a great time but it's just <laughs> like this is this is our little family here like they're part of this family too but like it's just this visual representation of like, no, these are the stories we are putting forward. Yeah. And this yeah. is the family that we're building here. What is so singular about the show in terms of its representation? Like I, I talk about this with Ashley a lot that a criticism I often have of queer representation is like, especially in film, uh, Oftentimes, it's what I call uh, only gay in the village mm. cinema, which is like if you've ever there's like this old stupid show Little Britain, which is like a oh my gosh, show, yes. you know, with like Matt show. Lucas, yeah, yeah. Uh, and David Williams, and there's like a sketch on that show where Matt Lucas <laughs> oh is the only gay in the village. <laughs> uh, so like there's like so much queer representation is like the one lesbian in the town and the one other lesbian who comes into the town and <laughs> one of them lets the other know that they're the, you know it's like it's such an isolated experience where it's like it's just the two of us and the no one else is gay anywhere in this world uh and like the fact, you know, and there's there's things that challenge that, whatever. Like Carol kind of bumps up against that because like she does have Abby and there is like a friend for her uh that sort of like speaks to the presence of this like other world. But the but this show portrays that other world, you know, it's like because historically it existed here. You know, like, I think there's, I think some people may think that this show overrepresents the queerness of that league, but it does not, It you know, for so many reasons, like, in the same way, teaching and nursing have always been professions that queer women in particular have gravitated towards. So was this league, because this was a job where you could make your own money and you didn't need a husband to do it. So even aside mm-hmm. from the like obvious connections you want to make of like, oh, it's a bunch of female athletes. They must <laughs> <all be laughs> Thanks. 
you know, it was like, oh, I can be an unmarried woman and I can like have this be my job. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of unmarried women. And guess who most unmarried women were at that time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or even the married ones. Or? (laughs) Prues. But they have this community. So anyway, so now we're talking about episode six. Episodes. I'm going to go get another cider. We're doing great. The last two items on my list are episode six and Gretzen. So. Okay. (laughs) We're getting there. We're getting there. Mm. If you hear a dog breathing, it's because he's sitting next to me. It's um, also the outside is very loud. I don't know if it's cicadas or what. <laughs> yeah, but if you hear it, I apologize. It's all right. Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> close your mouth, B. He's going. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of already talking about it, but I oh, feel like let's just do it. Since no, no, like not going into Gretzen yet, but we're episode getting six episode right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so, and we're kind of already dancing around it, but in mm-hmm. terms because like when I was like planning all of these like prompts and whatever, it's like I don't want to do this like episode by episode because we'll truly be here all night. Literally, mm-hmm. yeah. But but like episode six of this show is I I sat forward on my couch through the entire episode like I sat Mm -hmm. up and sat forward watching it I cannot believe that episode exists I cannot believe the conversations that take place in it are there uh that entire final sequence uh it is like maybe the most important piece of lesbian representation I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So throw down that gauntlet. Yep. <laughs> it gets a, a a one hour of, I mean, the whole show is art, but like that is a masterclass in telling this story is episode six. Yeah. I feel like we didn't breathe, especially the last 10 minutes mm-hmm. of the episode when you feel it coming, you feel something's coming. But I, f- I think after it ended, obviously we cried, but it was the type of cry where I'm not like sobbing. It was like, I was so Jesus Christ. <laughs> the dog has entered the chat. <laughs> no, we're taking him out. Can that was a jump out? scare. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Jump scare. <laughs> sorry. Oh no. <laughs> Carrying him like is a big like you I don't know what I was gonna say. Um okay, what was I saying? Uh the end of episode six couldn't breathe. It was it was like the most joyful queer moment I've ever seen mm-hmm. of, of of like the cut from from like Max at Birdie's party to being at the bar and uh, how happy they all look, but just feeling like something was coming. But, oh, I was saying the type of cry I was doing was like, you know, when you don't realize you're crying, but then you touch your face and you're like, oh, I have tears have just been streaming and I'm in such shock. It was Mm -hmm. that. And the credits rolled and we just, I was grasping my chest. Yeah. And didn't realize I'd been crying. And I, I don't think we spoke 
to eat. Like we didn't say anything to each other for like 30 seconds. Yeah. That uh, you're just like kind of, I don't know. It's like so shocking. Like that, that cut and like, the, uh, yeah. Overwhelming. Yeah. Overwhelming, shocking, heartbreaking. Yeah. Beautiful. And then yeah, like yeah. it, it, every, it, every emotion a human being can feel, I feel like is felt in episode six alone. Yeah. Which is just a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly for queer people. I like, yeah. yeah. Every, you can just feel there's such care in every line in that episode. You know, mm-hmm. there's such a care to like do right by this yeah. story. And there's something really, I don't know, like queer spaces like Vise Bar and shout out to my friend Lauren, Lauren Harold, who is like an incredible like scholar. I know from Northwestern. Um, I don't actually know what her particular field of study is, but uh, she replied to a tweet of mine about the show and was like, the office, which is like the bar Rosie's bar, like that's a real gay bar in Rockford. That is still there. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So I don't know if it's like, if if there's reality, a reality basis for like, it's been around for that long, but like, but there is a gay bar called The Office in in Rockford. Hmm. So I think it's very cool that even if it's just a tribute to that current bar, like that's really fucking cool that they named it that. Mm -hmm. Um, But those spaces are so sacred, you know, and they're so when you hear people who lived in that generation talk about finding those things and the fact that we also get to see the house party, because that was also where Mm -hmm. that was the epicenter of queer life at that time. Like were these house parties, were these underground bars and it's, it's what is so beautifully portrayed in this show in how joyful it is. And in the community they find is that, Yes, this danger existed. We're not going to pretend that this is Oz. But we still found a way to be happy. We still found a way to find joy. And you found it in these spaces, you know. And I think the thing that's so incredible about that ending is that in the hands of a lesser show that moment could have felt like such a betrayal mm-hmm. uh, to the audience and such a punishment to those characters and us. And it could have been this really ugly twist to be like, you know, but guess what? Sorry, turn off the threesome scene. Going. I was trying not to watch it. Yeah, I'm I was. So I sorry. was really vibe, so much. Five Greta. <laughs> so having the show is on in the background, and the Charlie Greta cartoon started as I'm like trying to say this profound thing about. Like, I'm weird. so sorry. I was like, listen. To oh Kate. my god, that's fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
Anyway, (laughs) all to say, just like, it's so amazing to me that that episode wasn't met with any like, like backlash, I guess. Like, cause I think there's a version of that story where if it wasn't handled as beautifully and carefully and honestly as this was, it could have felt really traumatizing. Yeah. But it didn't. And I think it, I think it, it successfully avoids that for several reasons. The number one being we don't, Max's night continues joyfully. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That Max is not punished. I'm so glad that they, like, and that is Max got to have her night. Like, I think it would have been yeah. too much yes. and a little too on the nose yeah. if both parties were raided. Right. Yeah. So that's essential that Max, mm-hmm. that Max's joy is, is untouched. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also a lot of this has been foregrounded by Greta's entire character. You know, she, her whole like way of being in the world is defined by her never not being aware of that threat, her Mm -hmm. being constantly looking around the next corner Mm -hmm. for this to happen. And like over the course of that, her journey in that episode of negotiating those risks and like, understanding like I can't I can't live my entire life like this you know like I like I know that I am so in love with this person and they are so innocent and they don't understand the ways the world can hurt them but I know that if I'm if I'm only thinking about the ways the world can hurt us then I'm shutting myself off from the happiness I know I can have with this person because we've have this character who is so aware of the stakes at all times. She makes us aware of the stakes. It's not that it's just like, Oh, but we're, we're both in love and we're both just like giddy with this and the world can't touch us. Greta is like constantly assessing the risk of every situation there is. Uh, they're in. So, you know, she's prepared us for it. Um, so anyway, that's my, that's my other monologue about episode six and Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell, man. That's that a just perfect way to bring her in. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. And Abby Jacobson said in some like behind the scenes thing that like, she got dinner with Rosie and like didn't show her a script or anything was just like, this is the part that we'd like you to play. And she like that night was like, yeah, I'm in. Oh, love it. Sorry, Jane, what are you about to say? No, no, I was just going to say it actually kind of ties into the next episode, but I just think it's really interesting. Like the different way that uh, Carson and, or not Carson, that Greta and Joe react to that situation like you would think that joe being the one who was like actually busted would be like one to want to get out of dodge as well 
as yeah. Greta, but and she's like, no, like this is worth, like I made my life here. Like it's worth staying here and like fighting for what I want to do. And yeah. Yeah. And Joe kind of gives her that lesson like two, like in episode five. Yeah. When yeah. Greta sits down and is like, well, you know, you were right about her. It's not going to work out because she's closing. Her, she sees that Carson wants to have an, a more emotional relationship with her. And she's like, I don't know. Uh, Got to follow my rules. And Joe is like, you know, that great scene where she's just like, look at where we are. Like the world is changing at some pace, you know? So yeah, I mm-hmm. agree that for Joe to then be like, no, like I'm not, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm not going to let this define my life anymore. I'm like, I'm, I'm not just going to be constantly retreating from this danger. It exists and it happened, but this is where I belong right now. And it's where you belong right now. So figure it out, Greta. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but it is very beautiful to see Joe just be like, I'm my own woman. Mm-hmm. I'm a star. Um, yeah. I don't know if either of you noticed, but my whole screen like went out at one it did point. For a second. It did. Um, so I <laughs> I did I picked back up on what <laughs> you were talking about, but I missed about a minute combo, which is why I'm kind of sitting here like <laughs> Where are we at? Where are we at right now? But I didn't, I I didn't know if it was obvious. I was like, it was not to me. Okay. (laughs) You can cut that out, obviously. (laughs) And then Charlie Shaw comes. Charlie. Charlie. Charlie fucking Shaw. That, uh, that's what's his nuts. Troy and Belisario's husband. Yeah. From Suits. Was it? Yeah. Patrick Adams. Suits. Patrick Adams. Famously attended Meghan Markle's wedding. Yes. That's right. Love to see it. That's right. I used to be a big PLL fan back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same here. I wonder how (laughs) many, I bet he's, I bet he's the only cast member of A League of Their Own that attended the royal wedding. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I don't think Abby Jacobson got an invite to the royal. <laughs> I don't think so either, but I don't know. But that motherfucker did. <laughs> so did you yeah. bring up Greta and Carson? Well, we're at, we're uh, kind of close to it there right now. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like officially. No, we're it's, yeah, it's not okay. officially Gretz and ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's go there. Let's go there. We've been good. <laughs> We've been good. Let's go. We've been mostly good, except for some of the things that were happening on your screen. <laughs> I had yeah. to turn it off yeah. because it was <laughs> <too> distracting. <laughs> um, psychotic. Psychotic chemistry. <laughs> Unlike anything I've ever seen. I the actually saw... Two women. Come on. I read a text from it? someone who said that they didn't have chemistry. <gasps> or believable chemistry. And I was like, are we watching... The same show. Whoever said that to you, I don't care who they are in your life, cut them off. No, but yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Gonna, I'm I'm just kidding but ask, what the fuck? Like, I'm not even going to ask, like, was the person straight? Because even all the no, that's the thing. It was a queer them. woman. I don't get it. I don't understand. Oh. I don't understand. I'm yeah offended sad for her. Sad. Yeah, it's yeah weird. Very sad. Strange. Yeah, Very that strange. you don't see it. 
Oh it's my God. Right there. There's no way in to not see it. So no, their chemistry is so it's off the charts. Oh, off it's, the charts. Oh my God. They got they got it all. They got <laughs> it all. I this Gretzen for like for many people, this is the first time in years that I felt this this um connected to and this intensely about a about a ship they're about just, a couple yeah i'd this agree is the most like i don't like i feel like somebody on, i'm stealing this from somebody on twitter <laughs> like a gay man on twitter was like like watching Dar- darcy Carden in a league of their own i now understand like what straight girls in the 90s felt about like Jordan Catalano and like yes. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. Like, yes. I yes. feel yes. like a teenager. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. I were a teenager watching the show and was like out, which I God knows I was not, like <laughs> I would like have their posters on my yeah. wall. Yes. Yeah. Fucking she dreamy. is yeah. she's just dre- so, yes, she's got yeah. that dreamy yeah. thing, that thing that is just so suave and cool and natural and well, flirty but not to it in i love she said in some interview like i don't know how to play like sexy woman so i played greta like george clooney don't believe her oh, now. Interesting. i was like yeah, no. how to like <laughs> you know her performance is just it like g- talking about like at the very beginning you were talking about going back and the things you have found and going back and rewatching things mm-hmm. her performance is the one to me that like as i rewatch it I'm like you're doing like fucking 20 things oh yeah in every scene because you are yeah. calibrating every layer of this woman uh it's inc- it's really incredible it's a really amazing performance and i really aside from just like their romantic chemistry i have such a just like as a you know, theater film gal who loves making art with her friends and loves like writing parts for my friends and things like that. Like, it's just so beautiful to me that Abby saw her in this role and is like, like for Darcy to have been like, I don't know, this is like outside of my comfort zone, but for Abby Jacobson, who has known her for so long and who knows her strengths so well as a performer for her to be like, I know you can do this and I know you're going to break everyone's heart. As the yeah. She was right. She and was she's right. right. And mm-hmm. just to see them, like the scene between them that I actually love the most is that scene in the kitchen with them in the finale. Mm-hmm. It's the scene where I'm like, these two love acting together. Mm-hmm. These two love that they get to act together in this way that they've yeah. never performed before. Like mm-hmm. these are two women who we know and love from these sitcoms on which they were both iconique. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, here they are doing dramatic improv together. Yes. Here they are doing like this Ugh. quiet, subtle, sweet heartbreaking yes. emotional scene that is like so internal and warm and and, and like you just feel the culmination of that of mm-hmm. just like yeah 
you feel the love between them as friends, you feel the love between their characters and you just like, you feel the love that like, I, I am so excited. I get to act with you in this way. Yeah. Um, their versatility as actors, oh, the yes. fact that they, that they do both come from like an improv background and a comedy background and they do, they tell this story as well as they do. Yeah. Uh, that scene where Greta is like cleaning her rings and like tells Carson that story about like next flame that she had. I was, mm-hmm. it's just Dana? such a, yeah. Dana. Dana. Thank so you, that Dana. Name? I know. Right. Yeah. It's like, as if we don't have enough trauma surrounding that <laughs> exactly. name. <laughs> name was Dana Fairbanks. She was a tennis player. Maybe you knew her. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know it, it couldn't have been a more triggering lesbian name. Truly, it really could not have been. That's insane. Yeah, Jane, you're insane for that. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just like what you said. Like that versatility is just insane. It's so good, and yeah. to to that's the dream. I mean, like yeah. the dream is, I guess personally for me because I'm a performer as well. The to to do something that vulnerable with somebody that you have such a deep um long-standing friendship with and connection with i i just feel like it's got to it it has to add this like layer of safety yeah and support to be doing this yes. with a close friend yeah and i think that's like that has to be why their chemistry reads so clearly is yeah. that they can have fun together but also when they're doing an emotional scene, it, like it's believable because that's they actually love trust. each other. Yes. yes. That's where you see that trust fully come trust. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they just get, they can get to that depth and that de- like, yeah. and I think that's because they bring all of that history to the table. That's why you get, you know, as, as these lovers meeting for the first time, you feel that thing that I think is like almost impossible in most romance stories. And like (laughs) the greatest chemistry has this where like you instantly read that they are in love with each other. You know, like I watched the notebook the other night for the first time in years. Cause I like was thinking (laughs) about it a lot. Uh, I love the movie. It's true in that movie too. (laughs) When Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams fucking show up in a scene together for the first time, like, oh, these two have been in love their whole lives. Yeah. What? Like, that's how it feels. By the time you get to that kiss in the pilot, you're just like, these two already are in love with each other. It's it's instant. Can we also talk about... Side note, how good they are at kissing each other. What? These are the best lesbian kisses (laughs) I've ever seen in anything. It's insane. I just, yeah. You just can tell that these are two professional kissers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Their their partners are very, very lucky to. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Just dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time that like. I don't know. A lesbian ship had this type of off my feet. Magic. I have not felt this way about a ship like since I was thirteen and obsessed with the Notebook. Like, (laughs) yeah. Honestly, I was gonna say it's only ever been like (laughs) they weren't even canon, but Rizzles. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. I just outed myself. Didn't have to, but I did. But like the obsession where it's like you cannot get enough. You don't you you want to read all the fanfic, make all the playlists, watch all the mm-hmm. fanfics, watch all the fan cams, like everything, make it your whole personality. I just have not experienced that with a ship in years. The one yeah. thing I do want to talk about specifically with the like performances of their like courtship and another just like amazing specificity in Darcy Carden's performance the way she portrays the difference between when Greta is fake flirting with a man mm-hmm, and seeking mm-hmm. attention versus what Greta is like when she is actually on and when she is actually seducing yeah is i think such a hugely important thing to understand like to read in her character in that first episode and in like episode three when she's on the date with the vet mm-hmm. like it's like the moment <laughs> god like i get flustered thinking i would melt <laughs> the moment i would melt a brainstem like dislodge from my skull is in pilot and we already even touched on this yeah when she is just like fucking sitting at the bar with carson and she just puts her finger in carson's drink and just Mm -hmm. pulls out the and bites the lemon rind and puts it back It's the but hottest I, thing I've ever it's seen. It's literally, yeah, no, I it's can't the, even. Hot, I can't. Like, hottest thing hottest I've ever thing seen. happens in the show. And I'm including the fact that they actually have sex at one point. In a convent. <laughs> in a convent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lesbians <laughs> win. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> like, it's like, I'm sorry, what? Like her, her game static in my brain <laughs> her okay. game is so easy game is so fucking it's good. just it's insane it's so she, i think she is the hottest character i've ever seen in anything of yeah. just like i would ruin my life for her <laughs> i would ruin my marriage i would ruin my life <laughs> and my wife would do the same thing the thing that i <laughs> that I also really love about Greta in ter- in this relationship is like the tension between the fact that like she is little miss rules but she is absolutely like the bigger hopeless romantic of the oh, two yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. like at the end of the day she's the one saying come with me to new york yeah you know she like even in the pilot she's like let me like sneak a peek in the journal <laughs> to see what you're writing to your husband. Oh, you think something's wrong with you? Very <laughs> bold. She really just like yeah. opens up her journal. Yeah. The haircut. The haircut. Yeah. Oh my, oh my god. god. Okay. No, actually, the hottest thing <laughs> that made me like huh, was <laughs> do what she goes. Do you want me to stop? Yes. Oh my god. That's when you're like, oh, we're in bed right there. Also, that haircut, 90% just petting. 
<laughs> he's like she cuts like one little bit of hair and then he's like cutting like her shoulder her bare yeah. shoulder yeah just doing this yeah. yeah oh my god um, but it's you know like and just the calibration of her control and when she tried like that whole first kiss there's a great moment in the pilot um right before their kiss where you know she's been flirting impeccably with her all night and carson says her line about like you know i'm i'm like ruining my whole i feel like i'm ruining my whole life but I don't want to stop mm-hmm. because it feels good. And, you know, and she looks at Greta in that moment in a way where I'm like, I'm putting something down that I want you to pick up. And I don't really know that I even know what it is, mm-hmm. but I ooh, like, I'm, I'm putting this to you. And Darcy Carden has this like, and the camera's right on her. So it knows like, okay, we we're just going to, be watching her thought and that's great acting is active thought Mm -hmm. but and she like thinks about it and is like okay and she has like the way she says that okay is like such a decision of like i'm i gotta i gotta go for it Mm -hmm. like it's not really for carson it's for herself it's like I can't, I can't not kiss this person. So, yeah. takes her hand, off we go. And it's the whole performance is that the whole performance is her fighting in herself of like, I want to be careful, but like, I can't, I do, I can't stop myself. I can't stop this all of these things that I want with this person um nuts psycho and then there's Carson and Abby Jacobson with that fucking little smile (laughs) it's just like this little happy horny baby (laughs) like who can resist who could resist you know what I actually I figured this out I figured out exactly the brand of heartthrob Abby and Darcy are. What? So listen up. (laughs) Abby is your camp crush. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Abby's like. Yes. Your camp counselor Mm -hmm. or like your friend from camp who is kind of like spent the whole summer there and like you don't know what you feel but like man you know you're excited to see her next time <laughs> yeah just yeah. like she's just like the camp girl yeah <laughs> camp crush camp crush yeah darcy darcy is like your best friend's cool older sister Yes. Oh, oh my gosh, you nailed it. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Like, she's like like you go into high school and like you're a rising freshman and she's a rising junior. Mm-hmm. And you know, like 
she's around sometimes when you are like sleeping over at your friend's house and you're just like, Oh man, like she's so cool. And then like on your first day, freshman year, she's not going to like talk to you, but like, maybe she'll be like, she'll, she'll look out for you. Like she's going to look out for you a little bit. Mm. It's like that kind of thing. And then it's, you know, like years later, you're like in college and you're out and you're at a party and like, Oh shit, Darcy's here. <laughs> I haven't seen her in years. She still, looks, she still looks cool as hell. And hey, you know what? She's we're both in our twenties now. Hey, you shoot my shot, but you don't shoot your shot because you're still a little too nervous about it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the night at, and then she's like, you do go up to her and like, hey, remember me? Wow, I haven't seen you in so long. She's like, you know what? I always thought you were cool. Oh, and you I never mean, see her again, but you think so into that. this. You think about that until you're 45. Yes, that oh. is that is the exact brand of hot that Darcy Carter. I am. I feel like I'm blushing the yeah, entire time. Yeah. Tell me, I'm it's like, tell me, I'm like, what you're what right. next? What's that? What does Darcy say next? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> need a fan fiction. They're both like the type of crush that you have before you like know that you, what a crush is. Like you, before yeah, you kind of know, right. yeah, absolutely, so right. It's like oh god, You're just like that person. I just know that I'm. Yeah, I I just know that I'm excited to see you. Yeah, yeah, but no, they are running hot right now. So beautiful together. They're so mm-hmm. beautiful together. I've never, mm-hmm. and this is like, so here I am, like coming to this show hot off of reading Evelyn Hugo. Ugh. <laughs> Lord. Like, it's back so- to back. That's too much. Yeah, too that's much. I'm really on overdrive right now. <laughs> the fan fiction truly is pouring out of me. <laughs> and like, I have a play commission I'm supposed to be writing right now. <laughs> I have like an actual play that I'm meant to be writing. <laughs> mm, but, you know. And it's for Carl, so he's going to know yeah. that I'm not really writing it right now. But he knows that I will. All this, I have to believe that all the creative energy I'm spending on this fiction (laughs) is eventually going to translate into writing this strange play. But, uh, but anyway, but like Evelyn Hugo and like this, like, are we in the age of like great lesbian queer? Me, queer lady. I certainly hope so. I hope so. Yeah. But like, like, I'm not even talking about like representation in it, like romance yeah Mm, yeah like listen you all know that i that carol is the most perfect film ever made in my eyes yes 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 yes. we do know that yes (laughs) and that is that is a beautifully beautifully romantic film but carol doesn't make me like you know feel like i'm 15 like Oh, I yeah. want to just look at gifts. I want to just like yes, go on top of my bed, like kicking yeah. my legs yes. in the air, like thinking yeah. about exactly U-boats because mm-hmm. they are just mm-hmm. or just like reading Evelyn Hugo, where I'm just like, oh my god, this is like yeah. so swooning and like mm-hmm. so devastating. Like I have not. It's rare that a lesbian love story like gives me that feeling of just like that that. You know, your stomach hurts watching these scenes of them together. Like, no matter how many fucking times I see some of these scenes, (laughs) I am just like, these gals. It's like a knot in my stomach when I watch them. Stomach ache. They are so 
gorgeous together. It's like I can't breathe. It's too much to handle. It's also... I feel like a lot of it for me has to do with the fact that, like, their relationship isn't, like, rooted in trauma. You know? It's like... And there's not this all this, like... I don't know. They just kind of immediately see each other, immediately, like, fall for each other. And then, yeah, like, sure, nothing is... like easy like there are bumps but it's just n- this immediate like they're supposed to be together right and, mm-hmm. well, and that's what's so so kind of moving into this last thing to talk about is just like thinking ahead about season two with all the characters I'm super curious about like you know but with the two of them in particular I'm really curious to see what they will do with them because like even though they're going their separate ways at the end, you know, it's with, it's in this moment of like such clear promise, you know, mm-hmm. clear, yeah. like I'm doing this because I need to get right with myself and I need to figure my own shit out and you need to figure your own shit out, Greta. Like mm-hmm. we need to be independent because we know this is it. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to show up for that the right way. Like that is to me kind of where they stand at the end of that. It's, it's not this ambiguous, like, yeah. Oh, I don't know how I feel. She's like, I'm not going back to Charlie. I'm not going to come just be a character in your life, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going back to Charlie and I'll see you next season. Yeah. You know, so I'll be curious how they can find a way to inject conflict with them because they have to, that's the, you know, that's what you have to do as a storyteller. They can't just like be back together in season two <laughs> and never, yeah, you know, whatever. They have to, that's just, it's they just have to, but yeah. I, I'll be curious for them to find a way to do that really organically because yeah they are so in love mm-hmm. in season one that it yeah. wouldn't be believable to me for either of them to show up next year with a new girlfriend. It wouldn't yeah. be believable for me to me for them to show up and one of them be kind of like, Oh, I don't really know. Yeah. Right. I want to pick this back up. Like it's, uh, it's so strong and they're so sure of each other. I feel like, uh, so I'll, I'll just be curious. I mean, my my hope is that they play in the sandbox of of separation and trading people, and like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the promise of my fan fiction. It's a. I feel like we're really in the presence of like fan fiction royalty <laughs> right now. It's kind of there. It is. I know a lot to handle. I can't believe. <laughs> That it's my friend Kate, who is the author. Okay, you are, you are, I mean, you're pulling the numbers though. I'm pulling numbers. I think because like it's canon compliant and like I immediately was like, this is my speculative season two. And also just like, I don't know, like I gotta use my fucking masters in this somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Like I really do try to write, I mean, and this is true of all that, like I really do try to write super canon compliant and I really work hard to write in the voices really accurately in the voices of characters. Hmm. So I think people are just responding to like, oh, this like does feel like a realistic way the show could continue. So if people feel that, that's great. The feedback has been really 
lovely so far and I'm excited to like write it. I hope, I don't know. I like watching the fan response to this, like obviously emotionally I'm there too, mm-hmm. but it just makes me so I'm not grateful gonna... that I came of age in fandom where all of our platforms were just like us yeah. lunatics alone together. Mm-hmm. Like it's the part where like people are tagging Darcy Carden in some of these things where I'm just like, <laughs> don't do yeah. it. I really yeah. don't think you want that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's very cringe how it's far people are going. Much, yeah. Well, it's a little bit too much, babes. Yeah. It's a bit too much. Some yeah. of that. Can you just be. have to do what we're doing and do it on a podcast. Just do it on a podcast. Exactly. And be analytical Back in my day, I made a GIF set on Tumblr that was like 20 images, you know, oh. long. So, Jeannie, I bet you were fucking yeah. a, a legend. No, I used yeah. to. Uh, Thank you for your service. On <laughs> those are my favorites. I love looking at. Oh, my God. Those are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, I look at all the GIF sets. Obviously. Yeah. I, yeah. And in all that, like, this is what we were talking about. Like, this, this show... It, like it, you just want to just like swim around in it. Like it, yeah. you, it just feels so healing and comforting. And like, I don't want to ever watch another show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. But no, it, it really makes me feel the way like, te- like fandoms in my teens felt in a good way, but also in a way that like makes me grateful. I am not that age now yes. and just like thirsting into the void <laughs> or, or DMing Darcy Carden telling her. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Uh, it's she, like- I, I do feel though, like she kind of is aware, like she's, she's been around the block with fandoms that I yeah. think she kind of knows the deal. I think, I, I do think like her, and maybe, I don't know, Abby very correctly has like, I'm off to Italy with my like smoking hot, cool fiance. And I don't <laughs> want to know that any of you fucking freaks exist. <laughs> love your support. Love your support. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Does not know what a fan cam yeah. is. And I hope never does. Uh, yeah. Preserve, preserve your uh, But I, feel I think like it was uh, like really versed in fandom. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, she is. That I like, I you know, if anybody's gonna take it in stride, I think she will. But I still am like cringing to my desk. <laughs> yeah, posting. But you know, I got <sighs> the young people. Just I love that Roberta is just private. She's just like Roberta gets you know, lesbians are weird. Lesbians yeah, she are gets weird. it. Uh, but I we're gonna get is we're gonna get a second season. That's for sure. What do y'all oh, want to see sure. in the second season? What are you hoping to see? Just, oh my gosh, everything. So many things. I would love to see more of Max, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now that she's actually on a team. Yeah. And like, just what th- that does to like her dynamic with her mom. And yeah, just so many things. <laughs> hmm I want to see, um, would love to see actual, um, my God, sorry. Um, Love interests for Joe. Oh yeah. Lupe, yeah. Jess. Would yes. love to see full yes. full yes. love interest for them. Um, honestly, I'm a sucker for it. I'm 
I love good drama between <laughs> with a ship. So I'm I'm here for the drama that they're gonna put a little angst inevitably in between between yeah Greta and Carson. I want I mean, at the end of the day, be- like their end game. We know Obviously, this. We all yeah. know this. So and I think the only way to organically create tension in there is to keep them separated as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, as like Will has said, like like even if you stay in the league, there's no guarantee you're going to be on the same team season to season. So yeah, I'll be curious right. if you shake up the team in other ways. If like if Joe's going to stay on the Blue Sox, you know, if if other people are going to get shuffled around, I think that would be if I've if I were to write <laughs> season two, <laughs> I would do something like that. I would like. They're so desperate to be reunited and to delay or to corrupt that reunion yeah. uh, in any way would, I think, be like just painful pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm into it. I am literally blanking on the name. Who is the young girl like that is like she also speaks oh, the Cuban English. girl? Yeah. Esty. I need to see more of her relationship with Lupe. Yeah, especially yeah. with Lupe's um, reveal that like she had a daughter. Yes, yeah. Yes. I want to know. More about I want to know. I want to see yeah. all of Gotta their. Know. I want to see a little more about all their families. Like, I yeah. really cool Carson's showed up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. All of that. All of that. I also will be. I also want to see. I don't think we have seen Max meet her great love yet i no. don't think so either yeah I but i'm excited to see it inevitably happen in season two yes yeah surely I, I i want i want like a true i want max to meet her greta yes um but also like i another thing that i, I was talking about this with a coworker. i really kind of would love to see like in how the baseball is used like my coworker was like, I love the show. I think it's amazing. The baseball sequences felt kind of like ancillary to the story until the finale. And I want to see more of what they do in the finale where they completely, where they tie the emotional stakes of the story to the stakes of the baseball. And just like Max rising, Max on the rise. Yeah. Yeah. Up to the Negro Leagues. Mm-hmm. Yep. Last thoughts. I'm just grateful for this beautiful show. I love it. It's perfect. I think, I know I already said it, but I think it's a gift that I don't take lightly. And I think it's magical. It's the most magical queer piece of media that I, I think I've there's a lot of it. We've had some really good stuff, especially in the last decade. But to me, this is the most impactful piece of queer me- media in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. It's definitely up there for me. I've mm-hmm. never seen any representation. Like I've never, a show's never made me feel like this. Uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever really seen myself kind of represented in a show like the way I do in this. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's just so many different, like, it just addresses so many different types of, like, queer experiences. It's kind of groundbreaking. Yeah. But Period. Yeah. Go watch it. Go watch yeah. it. <laughs> tell your friends, tell your family to go 
Yeah. Watch it. There's truly <laughs> something for everybody here. I know we're a bunch. Mm-hmm, of- there really is. In the Kayla's- yeah, Kayla's mom binged it all night. She never went to bed. She stayed up all night oh. and pulled an all-nighter just to watch it. Our straight allies, baby. Allies. <laughs> now, if my yeah, mother allies of it, she would burst into flames. <laughs> um, but at least I have my mother, my mother-in-law. So that's good. You know, my most the most trusted straights in my life have watched it and been obsessed with yeah. it. So. Same, Same here. Same. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's um, how I know it's good. Do you all have anything you want to plug real quick? Yeah, anybody got anything to plug? other than just the podcast say you could follow um me follow us on twitter at deborah duncan on twitter at deborah d bag on instagram and at queer movie night both on twitter and instagram as well janie yeah i mean i have a twitter (laughs) do i know what the handle is maybe not Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) wait what is your twitter handle hang on Um, that's a good question (laughs) Brainy giant. Oh, right. <laughs> there we go. Spelled like Janie Bryant, but just switched them. We switched it. Put a little switch. A Twitter of legend. So yeah. you all should follow Janie. Mm-hmm. That's a good follow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, yeah, you can follow me at the Royal Escape on Sorry. Twitter. I'm pretty sure my Instagram's private. Because lesbians are creepy. As it should be. (laughs) (laughs) But the Royalist Kate, uh, follow Broadcast Revisited, which is just at Broadcast Revisited. Follow on Instagram because I have completely abandoned our Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of the same with ours. And you know what? Check out my fic. Yeah. Check out Kate's fic. The fic. Waiting to begin. Yeah. Yeah. But we love you. Go Rockford Peaches. Show up for peaches. Own. Thank you to mm-hmm. both of you for being incredible lesbians. And thank you to, and also <laughs> thank, thank you for being you. an incredible lesbian, both of yeah, you. So much. You. Thank incredible you. Incredible lesbians here. We did a great job tonight. We did great lesbians. I'm gonna crush. <laughs> lesbians can do things. <laughs> <laughs> we can play ball and we can podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we can write fan fiction, baby. Fan fiction. Some of us can write it and some of it can and really can read it. Disrespect yeah. boundaries with actors. Yeah. <laughs> Lesbians be creepy. They they do. We are very good at that. They do. All right. Much love. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, buds. We come from cities near and far. We got Canadians. Irish and the Swedes, we're all for one, we're one for all, we're all.